Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. James 4 tells us whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. We're helping believers exude the leadership of Jesus Christ in every context of their life and local church. Hey, I want to talk to you about allowing the Holy Spirit to help you be an overcomer today. And uh, I would appreciate uh, you thinking about me as you listen to this. I will be in Ukraine, and more than likely, I will be on a long journey from Chernetsky to Kharkov. We'll be on about a 14, 16-hour drive with a whole medical team going right into the war zone. So if you would lift us up in prayer and pray for God's power, his protection, for his provision for this whole team and our mission that the Lord has sent us on there, I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for those who have been faithfully supporting this Ukraine mission. We'll be distributing lots of medicine, lots of love, lots of encouragement and uh, believed God to have a kingdom impact there with some of these people. We will be in cities recently liberated by the Ukrainian army that have pushed the Russians back. And as you can imagine, there are great, great needs there, spirit, soul, and body. But thank you for keeping us in prayer. Let's just jump into the lesson here. I'm going to read from James, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read... uh, Four verses of very sobering scripture, but then I'm going to give you uh, what the Holy Spirit's remedy is here, okay? So in verse or chapter 4, verse 1, he says, What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so you may spend it on your own pleasures. One translation says, consume it upon yourself. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility? Enmity is the word here. Enmity, hostility toward God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. This has got to be one of the most sobering passages in the New Testament. Now, here it's not talking about being friendly. It's talking about desiring the friendship of the world more than the friendship of God. And if you go up into the third chapter, he's also talking about brother-sister-in-Christ-body relationships And then he drifts down into that and talks about how we relate to God. But in verse 5, he says this. Now, here's the remedy. Or do you not think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. That's... uh, Uh, how he says that we should overcome the temptation. The King James says it this way, Do you not think that the scripture says in vain, 
that the spirit dwell that dwells in us lusts to envy. The picture he's painting here, I believe, if I understand this correctly, and I think I do, I think I have a handle on it, is the very passions and lust and uh, appetites or whatever else that we have for the world or for just getting our own way. Because a lot of chapter 3 and chapter 4 really is just honestly talking about selfishness. He says the Holy Spirit that dwells in us has the same passion to get his own way with us. In other words, the way to fight these outside passions, and I guess maybe the inside passions, is to allow the Holy Spirit to have reign in our life and to push back inside of us. Now, he uses the word envy. Uh, I believe in the King James, it's envy. In, In the New American Standard, it's jealousy, okay? And this is the picture of what would happen if you were in a relationship with, you know, a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and somebody else was overtly pursuing that person. They you they were trying to get their affections, and they were doing it right under your nose. They were trying to win that person over while you were watching. What would be stirred up inside of you? Well, that's the picture that the Lord is painting here regarding the Holy Spirit. When we are being drawn aside, when we're being seduced and and beat into submission, when our spiritual filters are not working, when our spiritual antenna is full of static, that the Holy Spirit is lusting for our attention. He is envious of our attention that we might move toward him, that we might respond toward him, that we would understand what he is, if we could use that word feeling, what he knows at that moment, what we're being drawn into. Now notice the next verse here. It says, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He gives greater grace. What's grace? Grace is divine empowerment. Not divine slack, but divine empowerment, where God gives you power to overcome things. So if we will learn how to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and sense his jealousy over us, you've got to remember, you you are a purchased product. You are... Uh, a purchased being. Your past, your now, your future, it's all been purchased and bought under the blood of Jesus. The ransom has been paid in full. You belong to God. And I believe what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us here is just a greater sense of identity, that we would understand that we do not belong to the world, that we do not have to suck up to the world, that we don't have to try to ingratiate ourselves to the world or to ourselves. But if we will humble ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to reign in us. He has possession in us, but to reign in us and to control us, that, that we would see victory over all these things. Then the next verse says, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee to you. you do, do you see the progression here? But the Holy Spirit is working deep inside of us to perfect the salvation that he so freely gave us. 
You know, the Bible says to work out our salvation, not to work for our salvation. But we work out that which God has deposited, and the Holy Spirit is now working in that sanctification process to bring us to the realization that we are purchased by him and that he jealously desires, think about that, to dwell in us. He jealously desires to dwell in us, not just to have a seat, okay, but to dwell. You know, there's there's a difference between inviting somebody in your home and saying, here, sit there. And I think that's how a lot of the, the a lot of believers relate to the Holy Spirit. You just sit there, and if I need you, I'll let you know. Or, you know, he we're not really uh, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and go. Is he, come on, Holy Spirit, you know, take your shoes off, make yourself at home. What can I get you, okay? Uh, hosting the Holy Spirit, making him completely welcome in our lives so that we can resist the evil on the outside and the, and the lust on the inside and that we would understand that that's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with us. I'll just say this to you. I think this is why some believers do not experience joy because they are aware of that struggle, of that tension. And I think some people actually get mad at the Holy Spirit. They get frustrated because they can't do the things they used to do and enjoy them anymore because the Holy Spirit is striving. He is striving with them. He is lusting with them to pull them back. He is envious of them. He is jealous of them to pull them back. And there's this ongoing divine tension. And that you ought to thank the Lord for. It's when you stop getting convicted that you ought to be concerned. It's when you really need to get on your face and confess your sin and turn toward God and ask him for a spirit of repentance, not just sorrow. But while the Holy Spirit is striving with you, that's where there is victory. And the next verse says, draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Strong admonition from the Holy Spirit. I hope you take this serious and maybe it maybe enlightens maybe some of the struggles you're in, maybe somebody you're working with, some of the struggles they're in. I think these are passages of scriptures that we need to read and understand to fortify us against being seduced by the Spirit of the world. And again, thank you for praying for us uh, this whole week uh, while we're in the Ukraine ministering and thank you for standing with us and helping with with every way with these precious, dear people who are crying out to God. And, you know, we're the answer to their prayers. One of their greatest concerns is that they're going to be forgotten and just, you know, left behind. And when we show up, that's an answer to, the, to your prayers and to their prayers. So thank you so much. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Have a great week. Let the Holy Spirit well in you freely. Just as we have passions for the world or for our flesh to have its own way, the Holy Spirit that dwells in us has His holy passion to have His way with us. The Holy Spirit is jealous for our attention. When we humble ourselves and allow Him to reign in us, we will have victory over our own passion for our own way in our hearts. 
Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.